When I was a little girl, I believed in fairy tales. I wished my toys would come to life and that my stories could be real. Then through all the noise and confusion, I believed it was all an illusion. The world had faded black and white, nothing seemed to be right. But now I know that how it goes is that my dreams never die. As long as I keep the magic inside me alive, do you believe in magic? Stories are written, read, and disappear, probably hidden on some dusty bookshelf, often forgotten and never retold. This tale is different because it stays in the heart of all who hear it. The memory continues, eagerly waiting to be shared with the next generation. Take a peek, sit back, relax, open your mind, journey into the world of the gulp of waters and slurp it downs. You'll never be the same again. In episode 9, Waldo is welcomed back by the creatures. Joe discovers that Waldo is Peppa's husband, and Iki was unwell with the Collywobbles. Joe has a lesson about the laws of attraction from Iki. The late afternoon sun hung very low in the sky. The night had a magical feel about it. Waldo arrived back after a hard day's work and settled down to play his flute. The music was hauntingly beautiful and set the scene for a secret to unfold. They sat around the campfire, ate, drank and enjoyed each other's company. The flames gave the creatures an eerie glow. Something unusual was about to happen. Aunt Pepper quietly asked Jo to close her eyes. She warned her that she might feel confused and maybe a little frightened. Darkness shrouded the village and all the creatures fell silent. Jo was nervous. The yearning to know also made her feel queasy. All of a sudden, she was given directions to open her eyes. She opened one eye at first and focused on Aunt Pepper, scared that what she wanted to know may turn her life upside down. Jo opened her second eye slowly, staring in disbelief. She slumped down onto a log. There in front of her were once again many of the townspeople. What on earth was going on? It was as if her eyes were playing tricks on her yet again. Say hello to the gulper waters and the slope it downs. Jo definitely felt sick now. She remembered the last time she had had the same hallucination. How could this be? All the creatures had turned into humans? Taking a deep breath, she decided to go with the flow. After all, things had been bizarre for a very long time. Waldo stood up and within minutes 
his form changed into a gulp of waters. He smiled at Joe and held his hand out to her. We're all children of the universe, and it doesn't matter what we look like or what we believe in. We should accept each other and have one goal in life. That goal is to live in peace and keep our world safe and clean for all the souls that will be born in the future. I am happy to welcome you into our village. I know that you already accept us and that you have a very good friend in Iki. I have also noticed that you have a tendency to be just like a Slurp-It-Downs. Slurp-It-Downs? No, I'm not. I'm not as cranky as Iki, surely. Iki heard her thoughts and stamped her feet and glared at her friend. Waldo continued, ignoring the little Slurp-It-Downs. Your father was a good man, and he also had a good Slurp-It-Downs nature. Pity you didn't get to know him. He didn't believe in war, but unfortunately the government called him up and so he had no choice and went to serve his country. His death was a great loss to our community. His healing powers were very powerful and he was well loved by everyone. Joe stared in shock. Her father knew all about these creatures. She wasn't asleep, or at least she didn't think so. It all seemed like a weird dream with no end. Aunt Pepper started to talk to Joe. She had been listening to Waldo and decided it was time to step in with an explanation. Your mother is extremely secretive about who she is. She helped your father organise rallies to promote peace in the world. In fact, she was a bigger hippie than I was. Boy, she could play the guitar and sing up a storm with all her protest songs. We disagree on a lot of things and I'm sorry she kept everything from you. She has no idea that you know the secret of Cork Upper Ripple Creek, so I think it's wise not to let her know. Your mother didn't want to burden you with all this until you were much, much older. She wanted to give you an ordinary type of life, and then I showed up and stirred the pot. Your poor mother went into meltdown, and she didn't know what to do. I guess I have that sort of effect on people. Do you mean my mum also knows about the Slurp-It-Downs and the Gulper Waters? Not my ordinary sort of boring mother. She never gave me any idea that she knows anything but housekeeping. Am I as cranky as a Slurp-It-Downs? Waldo says that I am Slurp-It-Downs-like. I guess Geoffrey makes me mad. Oh heck, he can see the creatures too. Yes, that's why he can see Eki. But he's not ready to be told the secret yet. Too young and a bit of a scallywag. Are you creature-like too? And what about my friends? Do they have parents who are creatures, or are they just humans who know the secret? Are any of my school friends creatures in disguise? Goodness me, Joe! slow down or you'll burst at the seams. My nature's very different to you. I'm a gulp of waters in nature. That's why I'm always blowing my nose. Too much snot and that sort of thing. In time you'll work out who is a creature and who's not. It doesn't really matter. We're all the same anyhow. Joe went up to Waldo, or as the creatures called him, Tundra and gave him a big hug. Well, that went well, I think. She knew Joe's adventures were just about to start. Joe's aunt was a colourful, outrageous person, not the typical old aunt everybody expected to have. In fact, she was more like an eccentric movie star. Her manner was loud, her clothing a little odd, and she definitely had a big personality. That didn't stop her from having many admirers. Pepper loved to let everybody know 
just how she felt about stuff, all kinds of stuff. She started to shuffle from foot to foot, obviously preparing to make a grand speech on how it all was. Everybody gathered round to listen. Jo knew the lecture she was about to hear was really directed at her. The Australian bush holds many secrets. People can turn into different things when they're faced with unusual circumstances. A passive man can turn into a soldier just like your father, Joe. A mother turns into a healer when you're sick and a provider when unfortunate events turn her life into disarray. A brother, however annoying, may turn into a good friend when the chips are down. Joe sat there in a daze. Her aunt had totally bowled her over. Joe pondered on the news that her mother was also passionate about stopping wars. She always thought that her mother had no understanding about the world's troubles. It was strange that Aunt Pepper had mentioned that Joe's mother had been a protesting hippie when she was young. Why had she changed and become so boring and stodgy? Dorothy had given Joe the impression that she was straight-laced, in actual fact, a normal, everyday housewife. Nevertheless, she had protested about stopping the war but not saving the environment. But then, in those days, maybe few people actually thought of the environment. Only her crazy Aunt Pepper would make a fuss and her band of environmental followers. Jo had tried to teach her mum how to separate the rubbish for recycling. Believe me, it was nearly an impossible task. Geoffrey was getting better at it, and that was saying something. Come to think of it, Band-Aid was helping the environment by burying his bone and forgetting where he put it. Eventually, it broke down and went back into the earth. The school had given the students a week to collect recyclable stuff to raise money. It was a total disaster on all accounts. To make matters worse, they had been given the task to make a worm compost garden at home. It wasn't long before Joe grasped that the only worms her mum knew about were the one she was given medicine to get rid of. Joe began to get tetchy. Kids don't like being lectured, and her aunt was going off her head. It was okay to listen for a short while, but it had been a long, stressful day. Aunt Pepper was on her beloved soapbox and looked like she was having a wonderful time. Her arms were going up and down, and all the bells on her ankle bracelet jingled like Father Christmas's sleigh. Nothing would shut her up, and she rattled on as if possessed. Eeky tugged at Joe's top, trying to get her attention. Need to tell you something, Joe. Think you need to hear it now. Shh! What do you want? We're supposed to be quiet. Although I do want to ask you something. Eeky, Aunt Pepper is going off her head. She's really passionate about saving the planet. Is it really in such a big mess? Not yet. I'm not sure. I think it could be so your aunt is trying to educate all the young serpent downs and gulp waters. Also the human beings so that we don't all end up living in a world that's like a huge garbage tip. Let's face it, the humans are polluting the waters and destroying all the rainforests. Not to mention overfishing in the oceans. She just wants everybody to think of the future. Unfortunately, her passion can sometimes cause panic. Let me tell you a joke to lighten the day. We're not supposed to talk. Okay, we've been talking and nobody has heard us over your aunt. She talks really loud. I will tell you very quietly so nobody will hear. 
What do you get if you cross a duck with a rooster? What kind of duck is it? A big rooster or a small one? Oh, for slap it down's sake. Smelly girls have to make a complicated situation out of a simple joke. A normal white duck and a big noisy rooster with colourful feathers and an attitude to match. I don't know and stop being a slap it down's cranky pants. I just want to paint the picture, not get into an argument. I'm not fighting with you, Joe. I only want to make you feel better with a joke. Do you want to know, smelly girl? Don't call me a smelly girl, you cranky slurp-it-downs. I'm getting fed up with it all. Today seems too much for me to handle and now you're driving me nuts. Are you going to tell me the answer or do I have to wait till I'm old and grey? The answer is a bird that wakes you up at the crack of dawn. Oh boy, Iggy, you are a funny little thing. Annoying, frustrating, but funny nevertheless. I can always rely on you to brighten even the dullest of days. And in addition, a crabby old bag can turn into an eccentric aunt who has a deep passion for saving the environment. Townspeople can become grumpy and disagreeable slurp-it-downs and gulp of waters when they go into survival mode to save the planet. Some of the townspeople have been privileged to discover the secret of Cork Upper Ripple Creek. They've been working alongside all the creatures for a long time. Heaps of generations, in fact. We also have creatures living amongst the townspeople, keeping an eye on things. Remember, Joe, when you were in hospital? People seemed to turn into creatures. That's because there are creatures of the bush living and helping in the town. Even though you never told anybody about seeing them when you were sick, I knew it would probably happen. We have so many creatures in the hospital helping because that's what they're good at. We're a mixture of creatures and humans. Our aim should be about supporting the environment, not destroying it, and that's our goal in life. At last, Aunt Pepper calmed down and her red face began to return to its normal colour. Jo took a deep breath and thought, thank goodness that's all over. Unfortunately, she started again. Jo noticed even the Slurp-It-Downs and Gobblewater's children were starting to get restless. Nobody dared move, wriggle or take his or her eyes off Aunt Pepper. Eeky started chomping away at her fingernails and scratching her behind, which only made Aunt Pepper raise her voice and get louder and louder. Eeky, knock it off. She'll keep on going if you don't pay attention, and then we'll be here for days. Don't care. I've got an itchy bum, and that's a slap it down fact. It's not polite to scratch, so stop it and pay attention. Don't want to. Heard it all before. Rather tell a joke. Look over there. They are not staying to listen to Peppy. They are smart and had enough. Maybe we should follow them. Joe giggled <laughs> when she saw small Slurp-It-Downs and Gulpawater's children sneaking away through a hole in a huge gum tree. Well, I think we should stay. After all, she is my aunt. We would definitely be missed. They can get away with it. How about that joke you want to tell? Maybe it'll lighten the mood. Knock, knock. Okay, who's there? Stopwatch. Stopwatch who? Stop what you're doing and open this door. It's because I want to get out of here now. Your aunt is driving me slurper downs crazy and my tummy is hungry. And that is a slurper downs fact. Joe burst out laughing and everybody turned to stare at the girl, shocked at her behaviour. This made Aunt Pepper more determined to put her point across to her niece. 
You turn into an amazing author when you let your imagination soar. Joe, as you grow older, maybe you could write and publish a book instructing how everybody could save the planet. With that last comment, Aunt Pepper quietened down. Waldo stood up and started clapping. Then all the creatures, minus the scallywags that had escaped, stood up and cheered. It was all out in the open, the secret of Cork Upper Ripple Creek. Joe knew now that there were people who worked with the creatures to try and save the environment from being spoiled. And there were creatures that had the power to turn into human form who then worked alongside the humans trying to create a better world. Sounds sort of simple. Unfortunately, the world was in a mess. The lecture ended and Iki raced to the feast table to munch on anything she could get her hands on. Jo had a headache bigger than she had ever experienced before. The good news was that her aunt had stopped talking. The bad news was that Iki came across with heaps of food, farting as she went. Jo looked at her in horror and had to hold her nose. Iki, that's disgusting. Stop it. You're just like Band-Aid. All of a sudden, everything went out of focus. Joe felt shivery inside. A cold wind blew through the trees, and the sound of the trickling water from the Cork Upper Ripple Creek sent a chill through her body. Waking from her meditative state and rubbing her neck from lying on a rock pillow, she pondered on what was swimming around in her head. Thank goodness for that. I must have been having a crazy dream. All I can remember is humans changing into animals. Or was that animals that looked like humans? Then there was a crazy over-the-top aunt with an attitude problem and a need to save the planet? Not to mention snot. What was that all about? She rambled on to herself, then looked at her watch and the colour drained from her face. Oh no, I'll be late for school. Quickly, she slipped on her socks and buckled up her sandals. She grabbed her bag and dashed back to the road. Melissa was walking along with a nervous expression on her face. Hi Joe, how are you feeling? Ready for the end of term tests? Yes, I've been in the bush. Just needed time to dream up an essay for the English exam. I've decided to write an essay that will change the way people think of our world. It'll be a type of instruction book directing people in the right way into saving our environment. Maybe I'll turn a few heads and make people sit up and realise that our precious planet is dying and we need to save it now. Don't tell me that you've turned into a tree-hugging hippie. Typical. You're just like your aunt and you're starting to talk like her. She's decided to stay at your place for quite a while, I hear. Heaven help us all. Mum says she's quite kooky, so be careful. People might think you're strange. Joe looked at Melissa with an expression that read, What was the point? Then an idea jolted her. Melissa could be a challenge. However, with extra knowledge, she could also be taught how to save the planet. Jo knew how Melissa loved to eat. If she thought the food production would be affected, she would be first on board for saving the environment. If the grass died, the cows would have nothing to eat. If they had nothing to eat, there would be no milk. If there was no milk, heavens, there would be no chocolate paddle pops. Oh gosh, what a disaster. Never mind, Joe. When everybody thinks you've gone loopy, I will still be your best friend. Wish I had your wonderful sense of storytelling. Don't be silly, Melissa. Last year you managed to get an A for all your trouble. Thanks for your encouragement, though. I need all the help I can get. 
That may be so, but I've been up all night and I still haven't come up with anything brilliant. Don't suppose you have any ideas? Maybe you could put me out of my misery. Mom says that when I get into the classroom, it will all come to me. I need a miracle to get through the essay exam. I will tell you one thing. It's better to write something you know a little about, especially when under exam pressure. Joe and Melissa walked towards school, chatting about this and that. Joe felt sure that this time, with her vivid imagination, she would achieve a fabulous A. She thought that she had dreamed up a corker of an idea by the cork up a ripple creek. There was no way that she was going to divulge it to Melissa. Yes, it would be a great adventure story. Not too scary, full of interesting characters to delight any reader. Best of all, it sort of had an important message. When they sauntered through the school gate, Melissa noticed that Joe was wearing an apron and that a green bottle was sticking out of her school bag top flap. What's that all about? Joe looked down. What on earth was Melissa talking about? And then it hit her. For a second, Joe's world stopped. She felt faint. The bottom had dropped out of her stomach and her head began to throb. What's wrong, Joe? Examiner's finally getting to you. Don't worry, because you are brilliant at essays. Let's hurry. We don't want to be late for class. Joe just stood there, stunned, frozen in time. What was going on? A green bottle and an apron? The only thought that came to her was the phrase, What the? You know what, my friend? That's the end of series one. It's finished? Yep, but don't fear, because there'll be a series two. Wow, that's great. How do I get it? Well, it's easy. All you have to do is subscribe on your podcatcher, of course. I can catch fish, but now I have to podcatch it to subscribe? Yep, it's strange times, my dear fellow. You can say that again. How do I get the books? Well, just visit the website, susan.pease.com. Gosh, I hope there are no spiders. Spiders? Oh, for heaven's sake, get a grip. It's all internet stuff. Huh. Well, anybody could get confused. I understand now. So that means if I also want to contact the Corkies, I send an email to corkies at gulpawaters.com? Yes, that's a slurping down fact. No, it's a gulp of waters one. Whatever. You have just been listening to the Mysteries of Cork Upper Ripple Creek audio tales, based on the children's books of the same title by Australian author Susan Pease. To find out more about these stories or to purchase hard copies, please visit susanpease.com, S-U-S-A-N hyphen P-E-A-S-E dot com. And be sure to hit the subscribe button so that you do not miss out on the next exciting instalment of the Mysteries of Cork Upper Ripple Creek.